Dude, thank you for the coffee. Yeah, of course. I, we were saying, I just, I don't wake up needing coffee. It's not like, oh my gosh, I need this cup of coffee. Some days, sure. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I don't wake up and need it. I just really enjoy coffee. Same. And then people say, well, you can drink decaf. And I'm like, it just, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It tastes different to me. Even a good decaf tastes different than, give me that full let. Give me all the mm-hmm. diesel in, in my coffee. You know what I used to do? I don't do this anymore. I, I would drink decaf coffee at night just because I like the mm-hmm. taste. I've done that. And if I was doing work at night, I'll like drink the coffee and mentally it'll wake me up because <laughs> just the smell of it, like, like the a little placebo of effect yeah. of, ooh, I'm yeah. drinking coffee, so, now I'm alert. Yeah, so I could do my work and focus and have the concentration energy I need, but... I could still go to sleep because it wasn't caffeinated. But yeah, no, that's good about the morning coffee too. I was listening to the Huberman podcast and mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact specific scientific. I don't want to quote him on anything, but he's saying how no caffeine for the first 90 minutes of the day. When you wake up, get your, get your natural light, mm-hmm. everything as soon as you wake up, but have that first cup of caffeine at 90 minutes and you have like more sustainable energy. And I've been trying that lately and cause, well obviously it's not yeah. feasible if you're like going grabbing and going and leaving but something that i've been trying lately just as a test for the last like week and sure. it's been i've had good energy throughout the entire day and he says like so i say like first 90 minutes no caffeine and then i don't have any caffeine after three now is when i cut it off smart smart so, so i'm just trying that because he was yeah. also saying how like you can for me like i could drink coffee at 7 p.m and i can still fall asleep easily mm. but Huberman says that he's like don't let that fool you because right. like he, he says even though like you can fall asleep easy it's like subconsciously without you realizing it affecting your circadian rhythm yeah which is crazy because it's telling your body it's time to wake back up yeah even though you're having no issues on the surface right it's crazy and then that mm-hmm. could you know you hear about uh, adrenal fatigue mm-hmm. and if you're just overstimulating your central nervous system all the time so if you're having caffeine late at night then you have it in the morning and then, so it's constantly firing. Oh, we're caffeinated. It's mm-hmm. time to try to like stay awake, but you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And his 90 minute rule is probably, not that I enjoy speculating too much, but probably once cortisol, that fight or flight chemical, like go, go, go to do its thing in the morning. Because mm-hmm. that's when it's highest is in the morning. Yeah. So I imagine that you don't want to ruin that natural process. Yeah of your body doing its thing with its own cortisol level yeah, and ruining that with coffee. Yeah. And again, I don't want to quote him, but he did also say that if he has like a morning workout, like right, right off the bat, mm-hmm. he, he might not adhere to that rule. Like he'll, he'll he might have coffee before the workout and not wait 90 oh, minutes, but yeah. d- depending on the day he said, but I thought that was interesting, but I really love his pie. I mean, I'm gonna He's keep on plug- I, I'm gonna dude. keep on plugging it in yeah. our own podcast. I know I've mentioned it at least once the last three episodes, but man, I just love his stuff. It's so good. Yeah, he's he's really smart, man. I um I got super turned on to him after he was, of course, on Rogan. Yeah, he but killed that, it on that because he went yeah. so deep into like peptides and performance, and I just mm-hmm. love performance. And so that's where he went for a bulk of that podcast, and now it's just. Yeah. Hook, line, oh, I'm and sure sinker, you, I'm dude. sure you were loving it. He was reeling me in with ease. Yeah. Oh, got me a Merlin. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's that's cool. And now that I think about it, 
I think most mornings I'm not having coffee within that first 90 minutes. Because mm-hmm. most days I'll have clients at 6.30 or 7.30 and I'll sleep longer uh, if I can. And then I usually wait to have coffee till afterwards. Because mm-hmm. I usually brew it at home. So I'm not going to you know, brew it before I have to leave the house at like 6. Mm-hmm. And then so I have to wait almost 3-4 hours to get home and brew it. Then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay. Yeah. And then it's I'm at that point I don't need it. Right. But, oh, I just want it. Yeah. I want it, Tim. Right. It's I love coffee. Is I mean, there anything else you do in the morning like like whether it's a routine or like you do anything to give you energy in the morning besides coffee like any other any other tips or anything you use? Hmm. Or things that even get you excited in the morning. Because I start so early. Yeah. Like once. Yeah, you get up at like five or six, right? Yeah. Once. Yeah. Most mornings five thirty. Yeah. And, and I like to sleep. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like sleeping past nine in the morning. I think that is just late. Like if I could ideally wake up same time every day between seven and seven thirty. But since I'm up so early, once I'm out of bed, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Like I'm awake. I'm ready to go. And then I just get ready for the morning and I'm out the door. So I don't have a you know, quote unquote morning routine. Mm-hmm. I would probably do well with one, but I've not been good about even my later starts of not riding in the morning, not just kind of getting moving, not looking at a screen first thing. Mm-hmm. Those things I need to get back on track with. Yeah. Cause that's stuff I do like to do in the morning. Yeah. Journaling usually at night for me, but even just moving, walking around, and just kind of getting my body ready and getting that blood flowing, I've not been doing that. It's just wake up, get ready for the day, go. Mm-hmm. And normally, like, I want to sit down, I want to do something, you know, just mm-hmm. be awake for a second by myself. Yeah. And I'm not taking that time Yeah, lately. And I think writing it down or at least, like, having a clear direction of, like, what you're going to do the very first thing when you wake up mm-hmm. because you wrote it down the night before – I think it's good too. Cause like, yeah. even if you're someone that's working a job that you don't enjoy, you don't necessarily like going and waking up for it. If you can write something down to do that morning that you do enjoy before you leave for work, just that small difference in your mindset for the day, just cause you did something like, do you like shooting, going and shooting on a hoop? Do you like mm-hmm. meditating? Do you like playing video games? I'm throwing out random stuff. Things sure, that sure. like people enjoy, like, is there a way for you to budget like five to 15 minutes to do that thing? That pocket of peace that we've discussed about mm-hmm. before you go to work give you a better mindset. It's a good idea, and I'll definitely be better about implementing and writing it down. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I'll still have days where I think I can fly by the seat of my pants, knowing oh, I know all the things I have to do. It never works that well. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't for me. Some people maybe they can, I cannot. Yeah. So it has to be written down. But I think I think you're right. Adding something in the morning before I hit go would would do me a lot of justice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but so, yeah, good tip. Yeah. Thank. Luckily, I got pickleball. It doesn't take me too long to yeah, think pickleball. about what I want to write down. <laughs> <laughs> new, new sport of the century. How has I'm, wa- it- I'm waking up the neighbors, hitting the side of my house with the pickleball. Timmy's at it again, 6.45 a.m. You just see the one, the husband, or they're both just laying wide-eyed awake. <laughs> And you can see their bloodshot eyes, they have the huge bags, like this motherfucker. Yeah, that guy. And then 
one day he just comes over, cracks your paddle over his his knee. You're done with pickleball. It's over. Yeah. You just reach in your bag, staring at him. Back up paddle, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I got two. <laughs> and I'm on my way to order three more. Try it. Now that I know the kind of neighbor I have, that prime is going to come today. Yeah. Well, luckily for my neighbors, I just go to the park. We got we got Finch Park five minutes from my house. Yeah. It's nice. Do you guys know your neighbors? Yeah. Like, yeah. For the most part. Like you're on first name basis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll like see them wave. I mean, we're not like hanging out or like spending extended time with any of them right now, but... Yeah, like you, when you live in a neighborhood, like everyone just waves. I guess that's the thing to do. Yeah, it's it's nice. <laughs> and but names is the bonus. So like, yeah, yeah. Like our neighbor has that giant ass Olympic dog over there, Norman. That's like huge, and oh. he'll be outside. He'll be out playing. We'll go. I haven't pet. seen that dog. Yeah, we'll, we'll I'll go, go like pet it or like look nice. at it. And I've sent you a snap of it. I think or two, a time or two. Probably. Yeah. Probably. I said this this dog. We talk a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. But that's one thing, like, people don't know their neighbors for the most part. Yeah. Like, even, well, I guess at my parents' house, they talk to the neighbor on one side, but the other, they just keep to themselves. But even the last couple houses I've lived in, we don't really talk to the neighbors, don't really. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, a little wave here and there, but when when I was in high school, when I went to Italy, man, all, if you had a neighbor anywhere, you're mm-hmm. having a conversation. At dinner, you're talking to other tables in the middle of your dinner. Mm-hmm. It's just what they do. Yeah, and it's not not that I want to do that every time I go out to eat with somebody, but every once in a while, that's fun. Like yeah. it's just fun. You I mean, that's that's join that's forces. Technology. You have a bigger group. Yeah, a nicer like party. Yeah, um, you get to meet interesting people. You have fun conversation. Like I don't know. It's just something that I think we lack a little more over here. Yeah, it's social that, media. I, I think yeah. it's, I mean, people back in the day, like we didn't really have like that thing in our hand that like engaged our attention all the mm-hmm. time. We had to like talk to people and we were more observant of our environment and more, I'm not saying all this is dead now, but I mean, yeah. it's all about where our attention is. It's it's a subtle effect that, you know, our attention is. We talked about the other day, like with, with college cl- classes and long form lectures, how much tougher it is to have someone's attention from beginning to end because of TikTok, because yeah. of these like one minute, 10 second videos. Yeah. But yeah, it's and just all about where our attention goes, where are people's attention mm-hmm. going and yeah. Andrew Tate made that good point of how we're watching TikTok create ADHD mm-hmm. right before our eyes. Yeah. Because if you don't have someone's attention in three to five seconds, you're swipe. Yeah. Swipe. Oh, uh, this looks, no, swipe. Oh, this is cool. Like, it has to be so quick. It's crazy. Yeah. But then people, millions of people still listen to podcasts for two, three hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one of Andrew Tate's, I'm not done. It's a five-hour podcast. Mm-hmm. But then visually, yeah, it's just, I think it's part of that path of least resistance. It's easier to hop on social media than it is to introduce your, yourself to your neighbor. Yeah. Um, it's true. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I, I, like, I think there's some truth to that. We want, yeah, path of least resistance. So mm-hmm. it's just a little more work to do those things than mm-hmm. it is to, oh, I'm just going to scroll while I'm in line at Starbucks rather than just like be bored for a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I've read there's power in that. Just let yourself do nothing and be bored. Mm-hmm. Just observe a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. You stand in line for anything, anywhere. Everyone's head down, mm-hmm. head in the phone. And it's nice to... I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'm not saying, oh, I never do that. But if I 
if I'm there and I recognize it, I'll just put my phone away and just kind of watch. Mm-hmm. And just like, man. Then I'll think, like, rehab me. These people's necks are about to be fucked up. Because we get, mm-hmm. like, this tech neck where it's just this forward head carriage. Like, your neck is just brought so far forward. Mm-hmm. Computer work. Then we're on our phones. Oh, it's bad. But then you see it and it's like, head down, head down, head down. Like, mm-hmm. all right, see you guys in a few months. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> see you business. guys. <laughs> yeah. But... I got a chiropractor friend too, Dr. Owens. Hit him up. He'll fix that neck. He's the man. Yeah. Passionate about what he does. I love Dr. Owens. He's just a passionate guy, man. Yeah. High energy. Just, oh, good dude. Good Military dude. Military yeah. made. Yep. Yep. He's a uh, Marine. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're looking for a veteran-owned business and or just a chiropractor, best in, in the area, uh, Dr. Christopher Owens, Premier Performance Method. Uh, he'll get, get you right. So, Yeah. yeah. It's my guy. He's been taking care of me for for years. So yeah, we go around the block. Good dude. A lot of different um, practices from adjustments to manual therapies, dry needling, cupping, all that good stuff. So yeah, find him, hit him up. But all right, Tim, uh, what other kind of business business updates do you have for us? Tim? Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, I've been talking about how I've been hanging out in link or uh, Facebook and LinkedIn groups, mm-hmm. uh, kind of listening to what the people, like my ideal customers saying, like common questions that people are asking about career advice, job search, stuff like that. Um, but lately I've been expanding more into uh, Reddit groups. I've been on-, on All right, you mentioned this. Yeah. But I'm interested to hear how it's been going. Because the thing is, man, like what I do is like I'll budget out an hour each day to just hop on one of these platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, and how many, how many questions can I answer? Like how many relationships can I form? Like- and the thing I found with Facebook, it was a little tougher for me to find the supply of, of posts that I wanted to answer because people just, a lot of these groups on Facebook I've noticed, like the career advice forums, like everyone in there is just promoting their own shit. Like they're all, they're all just yeah. like, hey, buy my course. Hey, if you need a resume done, hire me. Like why? Yeah. Why should I hire? Like just people putting this stuff in self-promotion yeah. and less of like people asking for advice and giving free advice. It's there, but not as much as I would have liked on Facebook. Reddit, it's everywhere. There's like, there's huh. thousands, like to the point where I can't even keep up and, and answer it because there's so, I mean, it's amazing how much more opportunities there to answer on Reddit, mm-hmm. many questions. So I've been on there lately. I'm enjoying it. And like, like we've talked about before, it's like, for me, it's giving free advice and helping someone. But two, two big benefits I get from this is it's content that I can repurpose into something else. Like mm-hmm. if someone asks a question, I can post a screenshot on my socials, but I can also take that question and answer it by creating like a one minute TikTok video. It's like, inst- it's yeah. like instant ideas. Like it's like a gold mine of ideas. You can write a whole blog about it. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is the other benefit is just reps, like, an- like answering all these different types of questions. The more questions I answer, the more like I'll be able to access that memory when someone ask that same question on a live call and is trying to identify if I'm worth it to invest and Mm -hmm. and do business with me. Mm -hmm. Like just having the most well-prepared person in the room wins. I feel like answering these questions on Reddit prepares me. And dude, for you, like there's, you will find groups on there. Am I missing the boat? I'm not saying you're missing the boat, but like, dude, if you need, need, like, if you're just looking for people, like, yeah, like you're not going to be making money off of it right away like you we talk about oh, like right, how right. could but the long-term play of mm-hmm. doing this for your, like your knowledge your ability to get business in the future content like i just think there's a lot of opportunity for you especially to answer questions on there okay so 
Um, so I've been on Reddit, but I'm not on Reddit. Mm-hmm. So Same. You, I've never hung out on Reddit before. My little brother, he whenever I'd hang you know, out, people with him, he, he'd always be on all the time. I was like, dude, like I, I'm not. I, I was like, I'd, I'd always see him on. I'm like, why is he on this all the time? Yeah. But now I get it. Okay. I'm, so I'm about to be on it a lot more. So you find groups of whatever yeah. niche. So I just typed in career advice. There's it, and you can just join like conversations, yeah. forums that are okay. There's a forum for like so many niche. I mean, there's the forum. There's like an NBA forum and an NFL forum, but like there's like well, you, players you, to watch, NBA forum, like sure. stuff like that. But like there's even more like sub niches with things. So mm, okay. I think I think for what you do, you'll be able to find multiple topics, like. It's one of those things where if you feel comfortable answering a top like more questions in this topic than this topic, like mm-hmm. you can follow a topic and answer questions okay. there. Good to know. I'll I'll definitely uh, do that because it sounds like I can find more niche uh, people I want to work with with my coaching on Reddit than Facebook. Mm-hmm. For me, finding Facebook groups with extreme sport athletes and combat athletes in them, like golf, yeah, there's millions and millions of golfers but the other two groups i'm really trying to hit it's just not that much of a presence on facebook dude you might or, like or LinkedIn. yeah because so that's, that's a thought like reddit, like, like reddit snowboarders snowboarders group 100 percent. yeah like and you and you can like have alerts on there and the minute someone asks a question about fitness or nutrition like you you better answer be the first person to answer that okay all right thing. Going to Reddit, getting on Reddit. Yeah, the, the the biggest thing is just the toughest thing I've found is like finding the group. Once you find the group, okay, there's opportunities for you to learn about what. Because like at the end of the day, these people on Reddit, they're they're your ideal customers. So whatever they're asking about, that's what people are gonna care about when you post on social media too. Yeah, like, and if I can solve one of their problems, they're. Probably yeah. thinking I can solve more of their problems. Yeah. Algorithm's great, but forget the algorithm for a second. And how can I get the best engagement on my post? Mm. I'd rather have a post with 100 views and 50 likes than a post with 500 views and like three likes. Fair enough. How Fair do people enough. engage? Yeah. And some comments, yeah. Yeah. When people and comments, comment, yeah. Comments, like, comments, comments. They're comments, into comments. it, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you been, I feel like Reddit would be good for, asking questions like super off the wall too. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any questions within your field that uh, maybe you either didn't know or just didn't think of in that way or something that you really had to take time to research? Mm-hmm. Cause I know you're very well versed in your craft. So yeah. I'm curious if you've seen a question come up where it's, huh? Yep. Like, a real thinker for you. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing it well, one interesting, I'll do one interesting question that made me research. And I'll do one that is really puzzles me. Mm-hmm. Um, first one, someone said, if I've been in a job for three months and I see an internal position pop up after three months, does it look bad if I apply for that internal Ooh, position? Cause that's question. a really good question. That's the type of question I, I saw on Reddit this week. I'm like, wow, like never had someone ask me that before, yeah. but damn, like that's a good thing. And my response to that is, you, when you approach that job, if you, you should apply for it. My answer is yes. If you think you, you can add value to that position, yes. But tell the company, I want to grow. With, I want to build and grow with your company. Make that known right away. Like I, mm. I love this company. I, I want to grow with it. I just think I can provide. I can contribute to a, a greater impact through this role. 
instead. Nice. But make it clear that you still thrive in your role and would love to be in that current role as long as that's the case. But always make it clear, like even if it's just a role pops up after three months of you being at a company, if you want to grow and build with the company, make that clear and then apply for it and, and go through the process. So that was an interesting one. The Great ones, tip. the ones that puzzle me are the toxic bosses, the people who like if they have like a disagreement with their boss, if their boss like lies, if they think their boss is like out to get them, type of thing. Hmm. Like if if they just have a toxic boss, those types of and some of them get like, hey, is this like a legal issue or not? Like type of thing. Like gotcha. I would just say a big puzzler is the boss slash supervisor and subordinate relationship. There's a lot of questions on that about people wanting advice like, hey, my boss did this today. Like, how? what should I do? I get a lot of questions. I see a lot of questions like that. And I don't always know how to answer them. Yeah, that's a tough that's one. That's one thing I got to get better at. That's a tough one because, you know, you hear, oh, look, not everyone's out to get you. Sometimes in some work environments, people want to get you in trouble. But I will say there's whenever I see... A, a like a question or a story where there it seems like there's a lot of emotions behind it mm -hmm. i always ask myself there's got to be another side too right. like i think it's always fair to like learn both sides of a story so yeah. that's the other thing too about those types of questions but like there is always truth to both sides in a story sure but sure. both sides also stretch some things too yeah so you gotta and there's always yeah. a little omission you know yeah. everyone wants to make right them sound, right make themselves sound maybe not so good it's unbelievable but yeah good with a few flaws but still really good right and it's understandable we all do it we have we have self-bias but i think that's a good point of hearing both sides because nowadays i feel like we're not listening like actively trying to understand other sides of, of anything right but i had a basketball coach growing up and he said there's three sides to every story your side their side and the truth yeah and that's a good point. then the question is, well, what's the truth? And that's where you have to decipher. And we've talked to some very recent guests on the show of, of filtering bullshit advice to just bullshit and deciding what's, what's real, what's not. Mm -hmm. What sounds too good to be true and probably is versus what's actually happening. But then asking certain questions. If someone's telling the story, well, do you think that person did this because of X, Y, Z? Maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. But a few questions go a long way too. And it's, all right, I got their story, got yeah. the other person's story. Now let's put the two together. What mm -hmm. kind of adds up where, all right, that's probably a truth. And what are two complete opposite things where eh, there's a little exaggeration there. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I think it also applies as well to when you yourself go and seek advice from others. Like if you're someone who's going and seeing a therapist, if you're going to see a career coach, if you're trying to get better in something, really think about the t what question you're asking in the first place. Like you're only, when you, if you're asking like a one-sided question about yourself that's only gonna yield like positive results, like mm -hmm. you're not really gonna get to the root of becoming a better person. But if you ask questions that are gonna like yield weaknesses or vulnerability or, or really reflect on both the good and the bad about yourself, mm -hmm. I think that allows other people to help you better too. Like 100%. when you Like when you ask like, don't ask one-sided questions about yourself, I guess. Yeah, so. yeah it's, that's a good point. Something mm -hmm. I don't think about either. No, me neither. But so I was having a conversation with uh, with someone last night who was mentioned who mentioned that. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. that's a yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot, man. The one person that keeps coming to mind when we're having this conversation is Scott Maltz. Mm -hmm. I, I think he would have, and I'll have to double check our show notes. Episode see, episode one sixty Scott Mounts. That's the most recent. Yeah, 
yeah, that was uh, our second episode with, mm-hmm. with Scott uh, 160. Good mm-hmm. look up there, Tim. Thank you for yeah. that. But it might be worth us looking through the show notes to see if we covered this exact topic. Yeah. I want to say we've at least touched on it. We definitely did. That's a good, and, that's a good reference. Um, but sending someone, like finding whichever of those two episodes we hit that topic on and link that, send it back to that same person, they're going to say to themselves, wow, this dude remembered my question and got back to me. Yeah. Like, this is Reddit. Yeah. There's millions of things going on every second. And he took the time to send this back to me to listen to. And it's like, it plugs Scott, plugs our podcast. And that person's going to go to you for more career advice. That's a great, yeah, that's great. I love that, yeah. But I'm just thinking, man, our boy Scott, Scott Motts would destroy on, yeah. on that topic. Because I'm he sure would. he's got... We had to have covered it. Next time, next time I talk to Scott, I'm going to tell him to hop on Reddit if he's not already. Oh, man. Yeah. he. Who knows? I don't know. Is he a Reddit guy? I don't know. Scotty Mott's a Reddit guy? He's, a, he's a public speaker, man. He, he's a get in front of a crowd type of guy. I love Scott. Yeah. Okay. That's what I want to But do. right on. Okay. Reddit sounds, sounds like that's the next move. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And then just a side note, we don't got to get into specifics here, but I'm also expanding my services into doing group LinkedIn updates and training for corporate sales teams. Oh, okay. So, so like corporation yep. pages. Yeah. Nice. Dude. So we're, we're, de- we're getting into that now. Um, starting a program here shortly, um, which is going to develop into like a, a new branch of service in my business. So, nice. Yeah. So it sounds like that. you're, you're kind of pivoting a little towards more big, bigger projects mm-hmm. than individuals, mm-hmm. which I imagine takes a lot of time, but overall, would that be less time and then higher dollar amount too? Yeah. So I, I'm not, I don't see myself leaving the individual one-on-one right, right. resume writing anytime soon. Um, for me, it's how can I make an even greater impact mm. than before? And for me, my why behind it, which is we, we talk about Ryan McKeever on our, on our future podcast coming up, but the why behind why you do things. Mm-hmm. And he was telling how, how he's a videographer. He creates stories for companies that allow them to build their brand. That's the way I see doing LinkedIn profiles for sales teams because people sell on LinkedIn all the time. How can you make branding about yourself and your company consistent across your entire sales team? And how can you reach more people with your product and service nice. and solve more problems? That's kind of like how I see that. Um, but I think it's just an opportunity to learn new businesses and, and just get experience that, that I haven't really gotten before. Like being mm. an entrepreneur dealing with a company one-on-one like that. Right. Like it, it's, this is new territory for me, but, and I, some, like when I quit my job two years ago, like it's something I never imagined myself being in like two years this quickly, right. to be honest with you. But yeah, it's cool. I'm excited. You start doing more of those, you're going to have to hire someone to do more individual resumes. I think so. I think you're right. Scaling. Yeah. Yep. Let's go. That's right. What'll be cool is um, when, and it might have already happened, but I'll love to hear when a corporation you're working with says, oh, my friend so-and-so at XYZ Company, another big corp." their sales team could use this exact thing and they got like 50 people too. Mm-hmm. And it's just now it's, hey, we got a guy, he'll ramp up your sales team. They're going to get in the doors. Yeah. And just like, oh, now they got a guy and you're the guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, you're, you're right. And to go back to your question about the individual aspect, like 
I would not even be in this position if it wasn't for my ability to interact with the individual and write resumes for the individual and the like skill of being to take someone's like written words Mm -hmm. or verbal words and what they like speak to me on the phone and being able to translate that into like written content for them that describes them in the best way possible. Like that's what I got to continue to focus on, like being better. We talked about at your dining table the other day, 10,000 hours to be a master at a craft. Like, and we calculated like written hours. Like I still got a long way to go before I'm at that, like, true top of the line master 10,000 mm-hmm. hours yeah yeah and like research time we talked about that time that goes into those 10, yeah, the research, yeah the research yeah research and studying yeah looking up something for a reddit question that was such a wild so, conversation we were like we were like saying <laughs> what is work what is craft <laughs> it's like well I did, I did do this for a client because we, we were what do we call oh what is considered a billable hour? Yeah, for, and what's considered like a performance yeah. hour, like being good at a craft. And that's where we started to compare it with, well, if a lawyer has to look up something or do more research for my specific case, they're only working on mine. They're not working on someone else's, so they have right. to bill me that time. Right. So then it's, yeah, that person on Reddit, you're looking up for their specific question, taking yeah. the time from something and someone else billable hours true true but yeah i slept on this though and i finally got some sleep (laughs) how'd you wake up on it though no i I woke up on it good but i was saying how (laughs) for the purpose of being a master at your craft you're getting ten thousand hours Mm -hmm. research and all the interpersonal that goes into billable but i think to be i'm talking about master of a craft of pure writing so when i talk about like writing the amount of hours i've actually spent like typing on keys or like writing on a paper hmm. that's the hours okay. that i'm going to calculate okay. not like the actual like not the hours only writing right the got writing it, got it because that thing that i mean see so many things go into the writing. it does go, i know what you're saying yeah but like the act of like sitting it down and performing in the arena yeah the man. like 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 when we, when we talk about when we talk about basketball like the total game minutes that someone has played that's mm. how i would translate it too okay fair enough fair enough Game minutes, no practice minutes. Because the thing is, like, with resume writing, I guess I kind of, I was going to say, I don't practice, like, I don't, like, practice writing a resume. Like, my writing the actual resume for the person is my practice type of thing. Right, right. Yeah. Templates? Do writing templates count? We're getting so deep in the Yeah, yeah, writing templates, but also the, uh, yeah, we'll we'll move on (laughs) to the next topic here in about 30 seconds. But, yeah, yeah, the the Reddit, too. That's considered practice, I guess. Yeah, Like, writing out Reddit. Okay. Responses. I'm just trying to help you get to your ten thousand dollars, right. Tim. <laughs> yeah. Did we touch on all your business updates for you? Did we get to you yet? Uh oh, I don't know. We've just been having a good time. No, uh, let's see. Did you have something? You had something for this section, I, I right? Had some or things. You, yeah. Um, Go ahead. Share your business. Yeah, got uh, got ladies' night. I'm hosting a ladies' night event uh, this week, actually. So what what that is? Be like, all right, you say ladies' night. What does that mean? Um, I have a one client of mine. She's been very consistent personal training client bringing me good business and I train her son and her son's girlfriend as well. And so months ago I had this idea of, actually I think my mom helped me come up with this idea. Credit where it's due. Yeah. I think mama Slakes helped with this one, but to run a night for her and her girlfriends free of charge, but a fun partner style workout. So teams of two or three, depending how many we get, no barbell cycling, just dumbbells, kettlebells, uh, easy to show, easy to do movements, but still a good good workout. And 
So I'm hosting that this week at the new gym office at CrossFit Lupos. And right now we have confirmed 11 Mm -hmm. with a potential of 15 to 16 total. So a big size. And uh, the gym owner is obviously going to be there. He has three ladies night or three ladies only workouts per week, which is perfect because he's been trying to add more of those. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to run this event. Like, can we host it here? Do all this have him there, the woman that coaches those ladies-only classes, she's going to be there um, at uh, at the ladies' night too. So there's going to be three coaches walking around. Everyone's going to get the, the feel of personal training. They're going to be at this new gym. It's a very nice facility. Like you don't think it's a CrossFit gym when you walk into it. And I hope people sign up at the gym. Yeah, I hope to get a little business as well. I got some people that already want to talk to me afterwards. So just doing, like we talked about, doing more of value and just giving it away. Like we're not charging anyone anything. The owner, Chris said he would give this specific group a free like two week trial if they wanted to just come to the ladies only classes if they want to try a CrossFit class. So he's kind of going, going to bat for him too, which is awesome. But he sees the value of what we're doing. Yeah. And yeah, I want to do something nice for my client, but we're also running businesses. So it's exposure. And we're not going to be pitching, trying to sell memberships or sell my training sessions. No, it's just, thanks for coming. This is what we do. Um, I'll let each of them talk a little bit, tell them uh, whatever they want to say, but we're not trying to hard sell. This is amazing. And my question for you is this, Mm -hmm. are you allowed slash, are you going to record this event? Or, I don't, or, or create content from this event? I didn't think about Holy it. Holy shit, because like like if you have like a 10-second clip of you and all these people having fun, building a sense of community, getting healthier, 10-second clip, put you and like collab with the loop loophose, yeah. 10-second clip that they put on their reels, you can put on the Indie Fitness Magazine page, stuff like Dude, that. that'd be huge. Creating awareness for you, like that 10-second clip of you and what that'll do for the awareness for CrossFit Lupos. That's such a good point. On fit, how many followers does uh, Indie Fitness Mag have? Ooh, I don't know. I'd have to. Damn, look. you plug that in on there for I'd like a ten-second clip. But hey, we got we got ladies-only classes happening up here. Like, get Guy, your girls, what, get your girls. How and come far on is out. guys from here? So from here, <laughs> the gym from your house, and we're at one hundred ninety first. No, guys from Lupos. Oh, dude, it's basically in guys. Oh my god, it's okay. on. It's basically. I don't even need. I don't even need to talk anymore. Yeah, it's basically on the reservoir. I don't even need to talk anymore. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. No, that's <laughs> a great tip. Um, Oh, always, always talk, but yeah. So, uh, I got that going on this week. That's a, a big event. I'm looking forward to, uh, started more education, my level two nutrition coaching cert. So that's more specific to performance and weight cuts, like more aggressive stuff. Um, like I have weight loss clients, but even more aggressive cutting than that, which is what I want to get into. So, um, just learning more, man, learn and apply real quick. That's how I learn the best is if I pick up something new and if I can apply it right away, I will. Mm-hmm. And that's how I like retain it. Like, let me use it right away. I don't need to write it down, try to study it. Let me just use it and I'm good. So just learning more stuff. Uh, other than that, man, I'm getting, the snowball's getting pushed over the over the hill. I'm getting goosebumps, it's, man. It's, this, is, it's this, is, this, is, this is amazing. I it's, love this. It's scary when things kind of start coming together after, you, you know, time. You know what it is. Just working in the trenches and never going to be out of them. But... Man, it's just the the stuff to get the wheel moving. And dude, this wheel this click, wheel's been moving ever since you embarked on this journey of your own business. You've been mm-hmm. at it every single day consistently. 
crazy. Things are things will come we to you. We both have, man. Yeah. And you with started anything. yours when you were doing your full-time too. Yeah. It's just always keeping that image in the back of your mind, mm-hmm. that worthy idea. Like that's what success is, that thing in the back of your mind that is always there every time you wake up and it drives you every day. Mm-hmm. And things will come to you, even though there will be days, weeks, months where things are slow, money, not as much money's coming in, not as many clients are coming in. Like you're your biggest mm-hmm. fan type of person. Like yeah. these types of things that you do, that's not luck. Like that's because of like a year and a half ago, you had a bad day, but you kept going because mm-hmm. this something like this is going to come now. So, And you make a good point of, you know, the in-person sales aren't always going to be up all the time. No, and that's, not like that. That's why I'm trying to work on, and I know you've been working on eBooks and other guides and things to have some for free, some to sell of having something that can be more passive income. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working on this six week golf program, which I'm pretty jacked up about um, to increase yardage. So it's going to be uh, plus 20 yards in six weeks. Ah, so yes. That's that's going to be the title, working title, not official yet, but um, recording movements, exercises, things to do from breath work to loaded movements, uh, things I've used specifically with golfers, some you've done too. I'm throwing in some things that I haven't given you yet. But yeah, you'll get, I've told you, you'll get first copy, but it's, um, it's going to have videos and everything too. Dude, I am excited. man. Besi- okay. Besides you, you listed off some of the high level exercises besides mm-hmm. getting more distance off the tee. What can other like golfers expect to get from this program to enhance their golf game? Just besides the distance, mm-hmm. anything that golfers can expect to get as a benefit from this. I'm very confident you'll be able to understand, you'll have more body awareness. Mm. And what I mean by that is you'll start to feel and really be conscious of how you are moving. And when you can apply it right away to someone's sport, especially golf, like you're going to pay attention to how you feel when you move. How far can you rotate? Oh, do you, should I be able to rotate farther? Would it help if I could get more range of motion? Probably. Um, so I'm going to do warm up movements to do as well, but I think body awareness is going to be one of the biggest things Mm -hmm. and it's going to be more to think about it first, which is, I have that conversation with any and all of my clients. If I do any sort of training or rehab, Hey, for a guy that doesn't like a lot of rules at first, it's going to seem like I have a lot of rules because your breathing matters, how you breathe your technique with that, how you're moving, paying attention to the way you move, like you're taking back control of your body essentially when we just start to go through the motions. And now it's, so when we've worked on your breathing and stuff, you probably pay a whole lot more attention to everything. Your, your senses are probably heightened a little bit because, oh, I have to really dial it in here. I'm not just swinging a club. Like, no, I what, think, when, when you're in flow, like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. keep going. So, so I, think, I think body awareness is gonna be one of the biggest things which will help them to notice other things that, could be improved upon uh, to increase their game as well. Mm-hmm. Outside of my program, yeah, it it might bring up other things that they're like, oh, huh, I think I could do this better if I were able to, you know, move in this way a little further, mm-hmm. have this more flexibility here in, in this area of my body, where I think it will expose things where if they fix those, will further help their game, mm-hmm. and maybe not in the way of yardage, maybe in longevity feeling better not getting a sore back i mean we can make a list that goes on forever 
Yeah. But I think this will help them understand, oh, there's a whole lot more to not just my game, but sports and movement in general, <clears throat> but especially with sports. Like right now, I think we're missing the boat on some things still, but that's that's what I think golfers will attain outside of adding more yardage to their drive mm. is I think they'll find other ways to improve their game via what I'm going to teach them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And I think as well, um, I think as well, um, it sounds like the program as well is going to give them like sustainable exercises that they can do on their own too, Mm -hmm. in these areas to the point where they're going to do those exercises where it's going to become second nature. And then they'll be able to get into a flow in their golf round and do these things without thinking about them because they're going to be doing them so much. You're going to give them the tools to be able to do that. hundred percent. And especially with the warmups, I'm, <clears throat> trying to decide if I want to give them three warm-up exercises or five before playing a full round of golf. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've been doing those, but those are just very simple. Like you don't need, the only equipment you need is maybe a golf club, which you already have with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not having you bring all this other stuff to warm up. No, they're very basic movements you can do with just yourself and or with, with a golf club too. Mm-hmm. So Outside of that, there will be weighted exercises, but I do show alternatives if someone doesn't have a certain piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. Then I've recorded, okay, if someone doesn't have this, what else can they do to get the same stimulus? Mm-hmm. So I'm showing those videos too. Mm-hmm. So just really building a library, and I think I'm going to upload from now on all the videos I take is going on my YouTube mm-hmm. and just building that brand of this is these are the movements. I'm not putting the program on YouTube. But I will do exercises that are still beneficial and just start everything is going up there. So then I can, that's kind of my own library. If I need to download those again, they're up there. Yeah. I can take them, save space on my computer. Yeah. Not like that's ever been an issue. Ah, that's so smart though. Yeah. I think but, that's a good way to go, to, go about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I mean, we talked about it before. Like bite-sized Pete, like you had this program that's going to be put together in its final form that you're going to charge for. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's so many like little Cheez-Its that you can break off fr- from your program Ooh. and like put them Jesus. out for like 10 seconds video and build an audience so that when that course is done, you have like a neat, a, whether it's a big, small audience, it's going to be a bigger audience than you had mm-hmm. before with more eyeballs that will look into it yeah. and buy it. So, yeah. so dude, I am, I'm pretty jacked up, dude. I, I think it's going to be an awesome fucking program yeah and and it's six weeks is not a long time there are things that will be daily there will things that'll be two days a week three days a week and and i will preface in the actual program if you follow it to a t you will have gains Mm -hmm. like you will see improvement Mm -hmm. you just you have to not because i like telling people what to do because i know what's going to work Mm -hmm. follow it to a t and in six weeks you're going to improve your game and you'll probably see uh, improvements within two to three weeks, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just consistent with it, you stick with it, you will see quick improvement. Mm-hmm. And then after that six weeks, you can continue those movements and techniques and, and increase weight and loads and things and you know, hopefully give them tools to keep on going. Mm-hmm. And if they want to really dial things in, hit a brother up. Yeah, so, hit him up. Yeah, uh, yeah. plus 20 yards he's in got six a, He's weeks. got a Calendly. Hit them up. I don't have a final date yet, but I'm thinking within the next 30 days, this should be done. Yeah. Because I want to get it out fast. Yeah. So, 
not everyone has heated uh, heated driving ranges like we do here. Hey, if I I think there's more than you think out there. If Indianapolis has one, a lot of northern yeah. cities probably like sure Chicago's gone. Yeah. Well, I know there's a lot of people living in just year-round warm climates. Yeah, but yeah. dude, ah, let's this, go this program. Yep. All right, we got to move on. Otherwise, I'll just keep saying how excited I am about this. Uh, Tim, give us some. We've gotten some good tips, but give us uh, yeah some career tips. Yeah, we yeah we've been we've been kind of rattling them off oh, dude, off the dome so far. We talked about how to get a how to apply for a job internally after starting the three that months. That pre-show alpha brain. Yeah. Outside of us just being nearly 200 episodes in this game. Yeah. No. Right. Today I'm gonna talk about how to increase your chances of getting a job after you've uploaded your resume and submitting it. Ooh. I talk with a lot of people, and this is common. You upload a resume and you don't hear from the company for two weeks. You don't know what's going on. And there's a couple of things that you can do to build like a solid relationship with the company mm-hmm. after you've uploaded the resume. It's about creating a relationship with a human being at the company or some type of connection within the company. Because when you submit a resume, they just have you on paper and you're in a database, sure. you're in a system. What can you do to create a relationship with a person there? And the, the greatest sure. thing I tell people is like, use the internet. It's got all the information you need to contact the people you want. Start with LinkedIn. If you apply for a job with a company, search the company name on LinkedIn, filter by people, it'll show all the people that work at that company. Mm. If you applied for a job in a specific area, look for people that work in that area, connect with them. And it's completely professional to reach out and say, hey, I love what you and your company are doing right now. I love the product you sell. I love the service that you guys provide. I love that you guys support this mission. Whatever is you like about the company, say that in your message and be like, I just applied for a job within your company. I really want to get to know the company culture and what you think of it. I saw that you work there. Do you have 15 to 30 minutes of time to talk to me about this? Mm. This is the single greatest thing you can do after uploading a resume because most of the time people love to talk about themselves, but they love to talk about their experiences with the company. They'll say yes. You can establish a relationship with them and whether they make the hiring decision or not, they probably know someone who does and and you took the initiative to reach out to them. Mm -hmm. That's going to be huge for you. So I think that's the best thing you can do. If it's not, if you don't have a LinkedIn, don't want to go the LinkedIn route, almost every company website has an email of someone who works there and you can email them a written form or you can, there's things you can do to get creative, like send a video or something of you. Anything that you can do to like be slightly different than like, because I'm telling you, 95% of the people that apply for that job, they are not doing that. It may be 99%. No one's- Submit onto the next one. Yeah, yeah. So if you really care about something, try that. So uh, that's a phenomenal tip. I do have some follow-up questions. Uh, The first one, um, oh man. Yeah, what, uh, do you have an idea of the person that they are looking for? Like who in the company are they trying to find? Someone in uh, HR? Are they trying to find uh, a senior analyst or senior management somebody who are they looking for to reach out to within the company it depends if you're if you're applying to a small company like a company with like less than 100 employees private Mm -hmm. company whatever i would say 
it doesn't really matter because the smaller the company is, the more connected people are. So if yeah. you can just find someone at that company who seems to have an active presence on there, mm-hmm. they never, whether they post or engage or it seems like they're active on there, and it seems like they have, they have a professional presence, you can always look up people and see what they're, they seem like they have a good career and they would be helpful. That's mm-hmm. a good person to reach out to. Okay. Bigger companies, if it's like a four, like hundreds of thousands of employees, thousands of employees, whatever. Like call a sales force. You may have to get a little more creative and when you when you type the company name, you can type the company name, but you can just like all the employees that come up, it'll show their job titles. So if you're okay. looking for a specific area, it'll be VP of blah, blah, blah in this area. It just depends mm-hmm. on like the job you applied for. The job description will usually tell you like what area you work in or like who you're reporting to. So you can reverse engineer the information from the job description to search the person on LinkedIn and find them. Yeah. I think is the best way to go about it, but be resourceful. I go back to what I say, like the person you contact, they may not be the final destination who you talk to, but they will know someone who can connect you. Yeah. So, and I think your, uh, your tip on getting them on the phone is huge. Yeah. Cause hearing someone like, yeah, we could zoom. I think seeing people is powerful. I think in person is the most powerful. Uh, forever will be but if you can talk to someone on the phone it's just different than sending an email saying hey can you describe your experience with the company like mm-hmm. hearing them say it and having someone's voice to a name too i think will stick longer and harder than just another email mm-hmm. i mean yeah you got to send an email or dm whatever to get that call but i think that's a great idea of having them jump on the phone for 15 to 30 minutes because also who doesn't want to kind of be interviewed about themselves mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. who doesn't want to well i'm sure plenty of people but someone asks you hey tim can you be on my podcast and talk about like your business mm-hmm. you would love that mm-hmm. and that's that's almost kind of what's going on is hey can you tell me about your business and what you do yeah yeah so people would probably be happy to help more people want to help than we think yeah and i promise you these people whether you're trying to approach a business owner, a decision maker, if you're trying to like build a brand or like get to the final destination and sell yourself or sell something, like don't be like 99% of the people and just ask for something, Mm. give something. Like most people, like give some type of thing up front and be different. Cause like I can tell you, even the messages I get of, hey, I'm I'm a LinkedIn coach and I've helped 900 people in the last year grow their business to six figures. I don't care about that. Like, mm-hmm. give me something that like is unique. Don't tell me about things that you've done in the past. Tell me, give me something that's like actionable and like value added that's gonna make me want to talk to you. Yeah. That's kind of how like when I reach out, I try to like take lessons of people who reach out to me, because like I just feel like people they're so quick to ask, 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 but they don't they don't yeah. give. But and you're gonna talk about Gary Bean yeah. book talk. So so I need a job. You have a job to give me. What can I give you even though what I need, I'm kind of desperate for. Like I need that job. What could I give to someone who has that job that they would deem valuable? Yeah. And they're already kind of in the, you know, they're the driver's seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Research what they do for a living. Research what their job is. Research common problems that they face in their job that most mm-hmm. people don't like them face mm-hmm. uh, research things they care about if you go to their profile and they see they're a, a a fan of some team or they went to the same college or something on their profile send them something related to that so i know i kind of just said a lot but if 
find out problems that that person faces in the job that they're in, find some type of podcast, article, video, uh, something that you created that gives them new insights about that area of interest that they face. Mm -hmm. And that will get their attention, I would say. something, Something sourced from that regard. The other thing I said at a high level, find something on their profile. Maybe they're a, yeah, maybe they're a Bengals fan. Maybe they went to Butler, like find something on their profile. Be like, I saw this on your profile and then some send them something related to that. That shows that you're not just sending out a blanketed template to everybody. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, I'm never going to reply to anybody who reaches out to me on LinkedIn with a, who does a templated message. Yeah. And that's, so side question, I'll get those a lot. Uh, or even more specific, a request on LinkedIn with an attached message. If I just accept the request, do I also have to respond to the message? Not necessarily. I mean, I think because I get those too. It's like, oh, I don't want to type something. I'll just, I'll accept you. I don't want to type again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talk about this ourselves. Like if the person really wants to build a relationship with you, yeah, they'll send some type of follow-up message after that first one. Yeah. Okay. They're not just going to send you a message and leave. Cause we talk about how, when we want to get to a decision maker, it, it takes multiple touches. Sure. I'm more likely to respond to someone who connects with me, doesn't say anything. And then maybe they, they like something I shared. Maybe it's been a couple of weeks and they, they engage with me somehow, like something, comment, provide value. And then like, and then if they reach out, I will definitely. Nice. Okay, cool. Cool. But yeah. So searching someone's page, Hit their pain points, invoke emotion. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I think that's it's a great way to, like you said, stand out to where they don't see, oh, another, hey, just wanted to follow up. Anything else I can provide for yeah. my resume? Like, oh, hey, saw you posted about this problem at, at work. Yeah, just read a blog about this the other day. Yeah. Thought you might enjoy it. Yep. Cool. Nice. So it's a good question Man. and good thought. Yeah. If y'all haven't hired Tim yet to get you the job you want, stop sleeping, bro. Stop, stop sleeping. Tim AllersmeyerWriting.com. Hey, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help people. God bless. You man. know, you can only help yourself though when you, you got to help yourself first. Dude, you can't rely what, on like someone else. 98, 99% placement, job placement rate. <laughs> Bro, 98 but, 98 we have to fact check that one 98 find a university that, that gets closed <laughs> my god oh 98 okay all right bro. you're getting that job because all right you give us some tips on your end i want to hear what you had to say yeah so one um one thing i want to talk about today is something i'm actually using with a couple clients right now some nutrition clients but a good uh way to break up a diet if you're in a deficit for a while. So I want to talk about refeed days. And that's if someone is in a caloric deficit, so they're eating less calories than than they're burning, uh, you're in a caloric deficit. It's where you need to be in order to lose weight. But a refeed day is when you eat back up to your maintenance calories. So the amount of food you need to eat to just maintain your current lifestyle. So mm-hmm. if if I weigh, you know, 180 pounds to maintain that, maintain my my strength, my activity levels, all all the biofeedback, um, my maintenance calories is how many calories I need to eat in a day. Mm-hmm. So right now, personally, I'm between 2,800 to 3,000 calories. 
to maintain my current lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I'm active. I do a lot from work to my personal exercise. I'm moving all the time. So mm -hmm. I've a uh, little higher calorie just for maintenance. But this refeed, you can do one or two days in a week or you can do a full week. So if someone's in a deficit for three weeks, then they can take a full week to eat up to their maintenance calories every single day that week. It serves as a nice diet break to make that overall caloric deficit diet more sustainable. Mm. Like they can maintain yeah. that longer than if I just say, hey, I want you to go like six weeks in a caloric deficit. That's a lot, dude. That's a long time. If I don't give them at least a day or two in a week or go two to three weeks on, one week off, that person is going to just burn out. Mm -hmm. But before we get to whatever weigh-in they need, whatever deadline we're going towards, they're just going to burn out too fast. So having a refeed day is a great way to have a diet break. Uh, right now I have some clients where they get – I have one doing a couple refeed days on her bigger workout days. I have one that she's getting one day in the week. Mm -hmm. So she's in, de in a deficit six days a week. She does a refeed back up to maintenance one day. And we're going to see how that goes for the first week, week and a half. And if I think she needs an extra refeed day, I'll throw it in there because mm -hmm. uh, we have time. But with with a couple people, I have started the cutting process um, within their weight loss journey. And so now it's, it's kind of playing that game of, okay, do they feel good still with one refeed? Are they too low energy, not performing well? Do I need to add a second refeed? So we listen to what the body tells us, but you know, you're not going into surplus on a refeed day. It's not eat everything you want, you know, anything and everything. It is back up to maintenance. Mm. You're getting more calories because then your body thinks, oh, I'm getting fed more. Now I can lose a little more extra because your body doesn't want to lose weight. It, that's a stressor. It, it wants to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. So caloric deficit is stress on the body. Now, it's going to hang on to what it has at a certain point. It's, our bodies are so smart. They're so efficient. You know, that's why you see marathon runners with bellies sometimes, like a beer belly and a marathon runner. People go, how does that make sense? Well, the body gets efficient. If that's the only way they're training, you can get away with that sometimes. Hmm. Okay. So the body will, will, will adapt to what you're doing. So that's why having that refeed day, that diet break, also tells the body, oh, we're getting fed more. I can let go of a little excess. Then we go back into that deficit. And so it's, you know, people say, oh, you got to trick the body. Well, you're just working with what it's giving you back and you adapt to that. So you kind of play this, this little game with your body of what's it allowing me to do and how can I manipulate it further with, with the resources at hand. Mm -hmm. So add that refeed day. Like I said, I have a couple people doing one refeed. One lady has two in a week, just depending how we feel just to make that weight loss and that deficit more sustainable. Mm. So, cause yeah, not trying to kill these people, we are losing weight, but with the least aggressive way possible for now. Now, as we get closer to certain deadlines, yeah, one lady I told her, we're gonna get pretty aggressive, but not yet. So I mm -hmm. wanna save that stress on the body until I absolutely have to use it. So I'll increase steps, but again, refeeds are a nice diet break that are heavily utilized um, and I think really help save people in diets and makes them sustainable because that's the key. If they, if they can't hang on, you both lose.
Gotcha. You didn't give them the result they hired you for, and they didn't get the result that they need. So what's the difference between a refeed day and a cheat day? Cheat day is you can, you're going to go into a surplus, very likely. I personally don't like using cheat day. I think it changes our mental relationship with food, where it's, oh, I'm having this because I can't normally have it. No, yes, you can. Um, you know, there's a time and place for hamburger and fries. Yeah. Even for athletes, there's there's good and bad application. Mm-hmm. You know, there are foods that yeah you want to stay away from. I like to not have artificial flavors and sweeteners and, and certain oils and things. You know, heavily processed foods. But does that mean there's never a time and place? No. Mm-hmm. But I th- yeah, a cheat day in in my definition of that is kind of letting yourself eat what you want as much as you want, you know, going into a surplus, not saying eat like four cakes and three pizzas, but you know, if you want pizza on your cheat day, yeah, you're probably going to go into a surplus and it might not be, you know, as optimal calories as the rest of the week if you're meal prepping and stuff, but you know, one pizza never made anyone fat, one salad never made anyone skinny. But yeah, cheat day to me, you're going into a surplus. Refeed, uh, you are not going past maintenance. No sir. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. Good explanation. So, yeah, it's um, it's uh, actually something I've wanted to do a TikTok on soon because I think I have before and it's been a while. But I think it, it performed pretty well. So I'm going to just have a more refined explanation yeah. of it and just repurpose. Repurpose. I repurpose. love that word. How many times have I used that word in the last month? <laughs> Enough to make me start using it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, Gary B said it and it completely turned a little light bulb in my head. So... I like using it. <clears throat> Speaking of Gary Vee, let's get down and nerdy with it. So a uh, book I haven't read for a while, but Crush It by Gary Vee. And it came to mind just because uh, I've started posting more about the Something Growing events, uh, our cannabis and psychedelics event in Virginia that we're hosting in December. And because I don't think a lot of people know that I write for the cannabis industry, that I'm kind of involved in that world as well. And so this passion, passage jumped out to me where Gary Vee is talking about the opportunity lies in transparency. And consumers want you to tell them the truth. They want to know who you are from knowing if a bodybuilder is on steroids or not to know you name it they just want you to be transparent you know are you photoshopping your your pictures all all this stuff because people get caught doing that too but they want you to tell them the truth and so i like i write cannabis related things and psychedelics and i i co-own a company that is doing events so i have to be transparent about that it's not something i can hide and it's just you know i think people still have this stigma of oh cannabis now he's all about getting high it's like no and we talk about this um to a degree with ryan mckeever uh an upcoming episode where cannabis also talks about cbd and minor cannabinoids and all the health related things that those can benefit and so that's what fascinates me but especially with sports performance and recovery is where cbd really grabbed my attention when i started using it myself and how i think it can help athletes so that's kind of where I like to take things. But, you know, at first I'm like, oh, I got I to gotta post about this because I haven't really posted a lot about, you know, cannabis. Just on Instagram and stuff. I've started to on TikTok. 
but there's always that initial thought of what are people going to think? And it's for a quick second. And then I have to tell myself, who cares? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm running businesses. Like that's what I'm worried about. Delivering for my clients and running good businesses. Mm-hmm. So just post the damn thing and move on with your day. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, like I said, this stuck out because that's <clears throat> me wanting to be full on transparent. Hey, I'm in this industry too. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Like CBD, like THC, we're talking all the things. Miter cannabinoids, I write about all of it. Um, and it's it's fascinating research too. So uh, yeah, Gary Vee was just saying how entrepreneurs don't really have a choice either. You know, the lines between private and, and public are kind of getting blurred. But people sharing experiences and thoughts, photographs and videos, all, all this... Um, the consumer just wants to know who and what they're getting. Right. So makes sense. Yeah, jumped out to me. But yeah, opportunity lies in transparency. Yeah, I look. I look forward to releasing that episode with Ryan, hearing him talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we talk on the podcast with Kyle Harbaugh as well. Coming up, we talk about how the knowledge gap between the people who know about CBD cannabis all the medical properties and the consumer and how much space there actually is. Big gap. And I think we talk about how the best brands, the best, yeah, the best brands in this space, the ones that are going to succeed are the ones that are able to take that complex information, not dumb it down, but translate it into educating people about it in the right ways and educating it solidly. Yeah. Not one-sided educational to help make people live, uh, healthier happier lives simple so. bite sizes yeah 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 so and that's yeah it's you know people's job to experts job to know all the information and deliver you know funnel it down to simple explainable concepts yeah so like we talked about you and accurate concept accurate concepts too yeah Back and, and that yeah yeah <clears throat> i don't know this sounds good enough <laughs> <laughs> but yeah gary v crush it good book um i forget when he wrote that it's not new but very solid read, nonetheless. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, Tim, you. what you got for us? Yeah, I'm going to talk about uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. And I've literally talked about this exact concept on a previous podcast. I don't remember when. Maybe it was within the last 25 episodes. But I revisited again, and it crosses over with a podcast I listened to or a, an audio book, uh, The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. So, th- from Shoe Dog, they talk about how you're constantly competing against yourself Mm. and they talk about the art of competing and the art of competing at a high level is the art of forgetting. So like forgetting your limits, your doubts, uh, forgetting like your past, forgetting the negative opinions that you have of yourself and other people. So the art of forgetting and what Earl Nightingale said in, um, Earl Nightingale in The Strangest Secret, he says, you become what you think about. So mm. for you to reach your, your highest self, obviously like it's so easy to compare against compare ourselves against other people on social media, but you're always competing against yourself. And how do you actually win that battle? It's forgetting the negative things and it's focusing on what you want to become. You become yeah. what you think about. So yeah, instead of your limits and your doubts, Think about, I am capable of reaching X because I've done this, this, and this. And when it talks about forget about your past, obviously reflect on your losses and learn from them. Mm-hmm. Reflect, reflect on your wins and appreciate the journey. But forget about that 
soon and focus on the next 24 hours and how you're going to perform well for yourself, how you're going to, how are you going to become 1% better? How are you going to water your plant today to become better than what you were yesterday? And it's the art of forgetting. So, and the art of becoming what you think about focusing on the positive things. So crossover there kind of like, it's amazing how it's literally, those are two of the same exact concept, but it's looking at Mm. it from two different ways. So instead of like, it's the psychology aspect, like all the negative, all the terrible golf shots I've hit in my career, all the terrible basketball games I've had in my career. I forget those and they, they don't even exist. I don't even think about them. If someone ever approached me, Hey, you remember that one game? I'd be like, no, I don't remember. But focusing on the positive shots. Yeah. 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 Focusing on the positive shots. Yes, I remember that terrible game, that terrible shot for about 10 seconds because I was learning from it, but I'm not going to remember it two years from now. It's it's over. Yeah. It's gone. So I just like, thought that yeah. was interesting how that book crosses over with that uh, audio book, which is from like 100 years ago, I think. Yeah. So. And do you remember in, in, the, in the book if it gave a, a tip or a way for someone if – like if they're struggling to just change their mindset just on a whim like that, did it have any ways that would help them? No, it didn't because it was like a, this was like an autobiography. It was this like telling his experiences and like he was like communicating these lessons from his experiences, but there weren't any actual tips, but I would just say, I'm trying to think of an actual tip right now to help. Um, I would just say, we talk about journaling. The best thing to do is, Mm -hmm. is journaling and putting it in paper or meditating or like somehow getting a state where you're relaxed and not thinking about anything else, meditation or journaling mm. and write these things out deliberately. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Good and action, I, and I'm telling you, like when you, it's a process, it's not going to happen overnight because like reflect, forget, visualize. But as you continue to perform well, as you create those positive memories, those are positive memories that can take up space in your memory bank that's yeah. going to push. So, Keep going at it one foot in front of the other because positive things are going to happen. The more positive things happen, the easier it is to forget about the negative stuff. Yeah. And maybe review your your wins too. Yeah. It's like, oh, I had a bad game. Yeah. What about the wins? What about yeah. the yeah. clients you've had big successes with? That's the one thing that he said that I didn't totally agree with because he said, forget about your past. Because I'm mm-hmm. trying to think like, forget about the negative past, but I do believe that like you should record and document your, your wins, like you say, mm-hmm. and you should go back and reflect on those. If you need inspiration or if you need to use them in some way, what I, how I interpret that, forget about your past is don't let like, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Like sure. when you, if you, if you secure a big client and you, you have a windfall of money or whatever, like don't coast, like don't yeah. for, forget about that. Right. Like act like the next 24 hours, you didn't get that that huge mm-hmm. check like act like you need to that yeah. type of thing so yeah great that's kind of how i take the money that. seriously but yeah right, keep growing right nice love it love selective it selective memory hell yeah anything else for our lovely audience to dude i think even though it sounds counterintuitive i kind of like when we take a couple weeks off because we it's just that much fire when we come it's back we have juice. we have a, we have a lot of so yeah i got enjoyed it juice, i got baby. i got nothing on my end i just want to Thank like whoever's still listening to this right now. We appreciate you spending even just a minute with us today. Um, Big time. Because this we do it for you. So um, always let us know if there's something you want us to talk about. DM us either on our OTD page or on our like individual pages. We love getting DMs. So um, if you want us to talk about something or if you have a suggestion of someone who wants to come on too, uh, yeah. we're always down to have new guests. So we got, we got some exciting interviews coming up and 
we're really dead we're really like transforming the way we create content for this show in terms of like repurposing it for you guys repurpose wow i just said it so this man always loves the word repurpose dm him repurpose yeah and you got my like, response hey, repurpose my linkedin huh uh-huh. but also if you guys could please head on over to itunes leave us a five-star rating and review really helps us out with visibility and momentum and until next time we are out of here